You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to this edition of More to the Story. I'm Mike Haynes, and joined this week once again by Pastor Drew. Great to be with you guys. All right, Pastor Darren. Hey, good morning. All right. At least it's morning here, I guess. (laughs) Good day. Last week, we, we left after God created the heavens and the earth. He went through the first five days. We got light. We got sea. We got sky. We got the animals. We got vegetation. And now it's time to talk about man, right? And we get into uh, chapter 1, verse 26, and he says, let us make a man. Yeah. Let us? Who who else is up there making this man? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love this. This is cool, right? So God has this pattern in creation. Day six, God creates animals. For the world he created on day three, the dry land, and then he says, let's make man, right, in in our image. And and this is really cool because it does sound like God has changed. There was a pattern. Ten times God said, "Let let, let it be, right, let there be, and there was. But now God says, let us make. So it almost sounds like he's having a conversation. Who's he talking to, right? That's the question. And there's some really fun theories here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll say what I think and then Drew, you can chime in. So there's there's two theories I think that, that are viable. Um, one of them, and, and I think we talked about this on Sunday, right? That there's a heavenly court. There's a group of spiritual beings along with God that, that he created. Um, and, and they're kind of working together to do this. So when it says let us, he's talking to this this uh, throne room where there are heavenly beings. And we, we see this in a couple of places. Isaiah 6, for example. The seraphim, there are other spiritual beings in God's throne room. Isaiah, Isaiah looks, he sees the throne room of God. Um, the train of his robe fills the temple. It doesn't even see God because you can't see God or else you'll be incinerated because uh, of his holiness. Um, but then there are seraphim. There's like six-winged creatures and they're flying around and they're like seraph means snake. Chanting. Oh my goodness. It's really, wow. really, uh, it's an awe-inspiring vision, but it's also kind of kind of crazy. Um it makes in, you realize Jesus is not your homeboy, right? <laughs> like God is all holy. Yes, right, yeah. Um, and and uh, also in Job, um, uh, God talks to his heavenly court, and, and Satan brings an accusation against God and Job. This is, hey, Job only loves you because you blessed him so much. If you take away all his stuff, he's going to hate you. And so Satan, whose name means the accuser, comes in and says, oh, yeah, I... Uh, your Job only loves you because you blessed him so much. So God says, all right, go prove it. Take away all his stuff. And he does. Guess what? Job still loves God. God wins. Um, so there's this heavenly court. There's another thing, I think, in Kings where where God asks, he wants someone to go down and torment Saul, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very interesting. And so some evil spirit volunteers, I guess. There's evil spirits in heaven. What? I know. And, and, and so this evil spirit goes. So there's, there are places in the Bible where there are other heavenly beings. So the one viable option there, I'm not sure about how that works in Genesis with the rest of it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that one. What, my, um, and then there's another one that's the Trinity. I'll let Drew talk about that. I'm also not sure about that one, even though the Trinity certainly existed back then. But... Because 
as we read Genesis, it cannot mean for us what it did not mean for them. And the Israelites had no concept of the Trinity. They knew about God, who is in heaven, and God's Spirit, who dwelled with them. And we see God's Spirit in Genesis 2, hovering over the waters. Jesus, as a member of the Trinity, the Son, was not a thing that they understood. So I want to be careful as we come in here and read into this that we don't necessarily think that it is the Trinity. We look at it with our 21st century lens, and we know that the Trinity was there. But for the text itself, it's it's hard to think about that. Um, yeah, Drew, do you have more to add to that? Yeah, so those are the two main theories, right? He's talking to a court of angels, and he's saying, I'm making this, but let us make it, because as the angels, you guys are going to be my servants to the world. He could also be talking to the Trinity, right? He's talking to the Holy Spirit. He's talking to Jesus, which we look back, as Darren said, and we see Colossians 1. You know, Jesus is the one who spoke all things into creation. John 1, Jesus was the word. God said, let there be, right? So that's the word. We also see the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters of the deep. And so we see the Trinity in Genesis 1, looking backwards. Is this what God wants us to see? Maybe. I don't think we have enough information to know. There are two other theories, though, real quick. And one of them is that it's the royal we, you know, like, hey, we're going to go to McDonald's, right? right? But it's really just you that goes to McDonald's, right? right. Um, or the idea, there's another one great. The, the word that for God in Genesis 1 is Elohim. Elohim is plural. And so is it a grammatical, uh, is it a grammatical piece that when you're talking about God as Elohim, you use us to tie in the verbiage on that phrase? So if that's it, though, it's going to be pretty disappointing because that's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> I know, but th- that one's my favorite, though, because the, the im ending, are, I mean, is plural in Hebrew. So L is a name for God. The O is just kind of a filler. And then the im is, is, uh, means plural. So God is plural somehow. And yet we also know from the Shema, the Lord our God is one. Monotheism was the name of the, uh, of the game. Israel was supposed to worship God and God alone, not any other God from Egypt or Babylon. And so if, if God is plural, but he's also one, how does that work? Well, um, I've heard it described as God cannot be contained by something single. He has to be described as a, as a plural. And so Elohim, a plural God, and yet he's still one God, the heavens can't contain him. Heavens can't contain God's glory. Like David writes about that. He knows that God is so big. Even the heaven he created can't contain God. And so God is so majestic, he's so holy, he's so massive and incomprehensible in, 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 a, in a certain way that he has to be described as, as a plural, even though he's, he's one. Right. And so is God giving us a, a peek behind the curtain at the Trinity? The Trinity is something that here we are in 2022, and we still struggle trying to get our minds wrapped right. around oh, it. Yeah. Um, we, we, we know that there is the Trinity. Mm-hmm. But again, we know that it's it's one God revealed in, in three persons. How does that work together? God doesn't really tell us. Now, there's plenty of books you can read on that. But it's kind of like if you're a Star Wars or a Star Trek fan, <laughs> you know the warp drive and the hyperdrive is what makes space travel possible, right? It works. But they never tell us in the show how it works. There's plenty of Wikipedia pages that tell you. Yep. God tells us in the Trinity, in, in the Bible, the Trinity works. We just don't know necessarily yet. One day in heaven, we'll get it, how it comes together. So could God be re- revealing that to us in Genesis 1? I would love it if that is what God's telling us, but we just don't know. There's just not enough information yet, but it's really fun to, to talk about. You're saying there was pronoun problems even back then. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. Now, he says in, in here, let us make a man, and and but if you read further, you think into Genesis 2, which we'll be discussing more into next week. Right. 
then it's sort of like, oh, let's now let's make a woman in Eve. But this is not what's happening, right? He is making mankind, because we're going to talk in a minute about going to multiply and, and do this, but let's just start with, it wasn't just Adam for a long time, you know, like it is, you know, Right, you know, going online looking for the singles. <laughs> he wasn't on Match.com. Yeah. Christian Mingle. He wasn't Christian, on ChristianMingle.com. Right. right. There's nobody on this app. Oh, <laughs> the only guy. I can't find a decent woman. It's out like here. Tom from MySpace. Like you know, somebody had to start it. Yeah. So, but but so does God right away create a man and a woman? I mean, what, what's the time factor in there? Yeah, so the Hebrew behind uh, what you said, let us make a man, if that's what your translation says. NIV just says, then God said, let us make mankind. So the word behind there is actually Adam, but it's uh, it adds a, a definite article. So it's like the Adam, like the mankind. I like to think of it as humanity. Mm-hmm. So depending on, on your translation, also depending on how old that translation is, because we're, we're getting more inclusive with, with our language now, where we want to make sure and say and say that this, this Adam here is representative of all humanity, male and female, not just man. So God here in Genesis 26 does not just make one man, a male, he makes all humankind. And then there's a separate narrative, as Drew mentioned, that kind of begins later on in Genesis 2. And they're, they're separate stories, and, and they communicate to each other very little. We'll talk about that more. Um, but yeah, this, this mankind here is representative of all humanity. Um, later on in, in verse 27, it says male and female, he created them. It, the Hebrew is zikar and nikiva. That's male and female. It, it is the, the biological... Um, factors of what a, what a male and a female are, but both are created in the image of God. Not just man, not just woman. All humanity is made in the image of God. And when he says they'll go forth and multiply, is he did he just make one man, one woman, and then they had children, and then the multiplication started from there, or did he make Adam and Eve, and then he made bread and ginger, and then you know, and then he, you know, and he went on, you know, and Lucy and Desi, whatever. So. Did he create a lot of people or does everybody come from Adam and Eve? Great question. So um, I think when you look at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, you have to almost look at them differently, right? Genesis 1 is a poem about creation. Genesis 2 becomes a narrative about God creating the garden, Adam and Eve. And then Genesis 3, we see that all heck breaks loose, right? And things go crazy in, in the garden. So I think what we're saying in Genesis 1 is God says, hey, I created on the day three, I created the dry ground. I created this world, right? I've created light, water atmosphere and ground and oceans day four five and six i've created birds fish animals and now i'm creating mankind and mankind i'm making in my image and they are going to be the ones who are going to have dominion which means to rule over my creation so these are the people i'm putting in charge and i don't want to re-talk about the sermon too much from from um, this last sunday but in ancient years culture kings would put statues of themselves all throughout their kingdom to represent the king so if you were like, oh, who's the, who's the Pharaoh? You could see, oh, it's Ramses, right? And like it represented his power, his authority, and his reign. God's saying, I'm creating mankind in my image to be my images, right? A statue of a king was an image. So God is, again, using something that they would have known to tell them something about him. And so God is saying, I made people to be my little image bearers, right? The Imago Dei. And you represent me, my power, my authority, my rule, because I've made you to be the crown jewel of creation. You were made last. You're the highest of all the things I've created. And because of that, you're going to have dominion and rule over everything we see. Now, did God just 
Adam and Eve from 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 thin air. From dust, right? Genesis right, two yeah. tells us he does, right. right? Which we'll get to we'll get to here, here in a couple of weeks. But I don't think Genesis one he's telling us that what he's trying to tell us is how he's trying to say again why I made male and female mankind both with purpose, both with value. And this would have blown the Israelites' minds because they came from Egypt where it was strong, male-driven, right? If you were a kid or a female, you didn't have rights. God is telling the Israelites, these ancient areas cultures, hey, females matter, right? Kids matter. Like cultural outsiders matter because God made everybody, right? Everybody has value. Male and female, he created them and he put them both over to rule over God's creation. And in, in my mind, that is clear and, and defining God's purpose that, that both men and women are, are, are called to, to govern God's world, which I love that picture. Yes. Right, now, 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 you did a great job of dodging my question. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he make, did everybody come from Adam and Eve or did he just put a lot of people on the earth? I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, Genesis 2 says that there was Adam and Eve. And the interesting thing about the rest of the Bible is that every single person from in this line can trace their lineage back to Adam and Eve. So th- this is one reason I think that Adam and Eve were certainly real people. Um, but I, I, I don't know about there being other people. Cain goes out and he finds, he, he, he found cities of men. Um I, I I don't I just don't know about that. So I'll just throw my two cents in real quick, and then we can hit it later. If you look at the genealogies, right, that you're going to find in uh, later on in the book of Genesis, you're going to see um, really you know, in in Genesis four, right, you're going to start to see you know Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Seth and all these people. So I, I do believe that God created Adam and Eve, and that they were mom and dad of, of all mankind. And so when Cain goes and finds a wife and you know, it would have been a sister, but the, the bloodlines would have been pure at that point, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, um, nepotism was very different back in those days, right? Plus, you've never seen uh, my sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, hope she's not listening to this podcast. But I do think that, you know, you see that in, in the very first groups of people lived thousands of years, right? Like Adam lived to be, you know, hundreds of years old. And so think about all the kids they had. Now, the, the genealogy doesn't give us all those kids' names, but but so I do come from that worldview, or mm-hmm. I, I, that's my starting point. God created Adam and Eve, and from there, all humanity then flourished. God right. does say, "Be fruitful and multiply." So you know, He is. If we read through the lines, He's telling Adam and Eve, "It's time to get to work." <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit more playtime than work. But yeah. yeah, I guess you what you're saying. I mean, they were in a garden. <laughs> yeah, and so they the, weren't wearing any clothes at that point. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the the image of God is wrapped up in this this blessing. That, that we talk about, be fruitful, multiply. Because the uh, one of my favorite things about the, the image of God, the Hebrew behind the word image is, is tselem, and that's the same word that was used to describe the, the carven images of the king that would be put up around their kingdom. It would also be used to represent an idol, a statue that was put in, in a temple. And you would go to that temple, you'd bow down to that idol who was a representative of, of the God you're worshiping. So if you had Baal and you had a, a, some statue of him, and this is what the Israelites did a lot in the promised land in, in Samuel and Kings, they worshiped the wrong gods. It was Baal and Asherah all the time. And they, they went to places and they would worship these gods and these images were supposed to represent God to them. So when we humans are created in God's image, we are in a sense supposed to, we are not supposed to make images because God already has made an image of himself. It's us. So why would an image make an image and worship that other image? Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to worship the God exactly. that we are supposed to reflect right. to this world. 
Yeah, that's the first commandment, you know, and we'll get to that in Exodus. But, I mean, God is making that very clear. Now, he says that you are ruling and the masters over the the fish and the birds and the animals. And at this point, we don't want to offend any of the vegans, but is everybody just eating from fruit and vegetables? Or or, or this mankind, are they not eating the animals? Are they... Just taking care of them. What, what's going on as masters of the fish and the, and the there's a big the animals. big theory here, right? Yeah. That pre-flood, that everybody was vegetarian. Right? Pre-flood, nobody ate animals. Everybody again was in harmony. Now you do see after Genesis three happens that the, the world falls and you start to get tornadoes and you start to get you know all kinds of stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. The world's broken and lions start eating gazelle and all that kind of stuff. Mosquitoes start biting your ankles and you can get chiggers, which again, God, why would you have created chiggers? Why? Why? Seriously. Especially I was wearing jeans. Like what happened? But so I I think there is that theory that, you know, men didn't start eating food until Noah's family after the flood. Meat. Meat. Sorry. Men didn't start eating meat until, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you gotta, gotta imagine like their, their early, you know, pulled pork, ribs, you know, what kind of stuff do they start with? Wings. You don't don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I'm sure Noah was going, oh my gosh, praise God for for this. (laughs) These chicken wings are unbelievable. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I'll, let me read a verse here. It's Genesis 1, uh, 29. God is speaking to humankind, and he says, I give you every every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit and seed in it, they will be yours for food. So, yeah, humans are eating anything with seeds. So that's all fruit. Uh, I think, don't green beans, they kind of have seeds in them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, yeah, anything with the seed uh, is for humans. And then on, on, the, on the flip side, everything that's grass is for the livestock, mm-hmm. for, the, for the animals to eat. And then after, uh, yeah, after the flood, Genesis 9, God comes and says, okay, so things are changing. Now you have rule and dominion over the animals as well, and, right. and, and you can have them for food. But don't kill a human. Mm-hmm. And if an animal kills a human, that animal's in trouble because humans are made in the image of God. It's reaffirmed even after the flood. So God is continually giving order, right? You see that. Like God gives order. He gives us instruction. We have to learn to read it the right way to see that. So to my to my vegan and vegetarian friends, yeah. go for it, right? You, you <laughs> got, hey, go for it. You're totally, you're totally good. Yeah. Right. You think as this is happening, do you think that God has, is there any indication in the Bible that he has tried other um, times of putting people, aliens, uh, is there other worlds going on? That's such a fun question. Yeah. You know, if you meet people who talk about, well, this universe is 98 billion right. light years across. There's got to be other inhabitable the only people, right? plants. And, and occasionally um, astronomers and astrologists will find planets. They say, well, this this could have mm-hmm. the, you know, this could have the environment for life. What, what, what we know, though, is, is Earth is the perfect environment for life. For life. You look at all of, of what God did to create the perfect place. So we don't know. Here's my thought, though. If God's going to send his son to die on a cross, then that means that there is special purpose in the creation on earth, in, in humankind. Jesus didn't die for animals, right? And so God's not going to send his son to suffer. Jesus suffered more than anybody in, in the history of humanity. God's not going to do that over and over again, right? And so I believe there's a special, there's a special purpose on earth, special relationship with people. God loved us so much that he would send his own son, that Jesus would step into humanity for us. So because of that, I don't believe in aliens. And because of that, you know, I, I think that, that earth is the only place with life. It's fun for movies, especially for the Marvel movies and the Bifrost. But 
that's my view. I, I know there's a lot of Christians out there who do say, yeah, no, there totally could be a life. And that's just where I land on it. Again, don't take my word for it. Read the Bible for all it's worth. What about you, Darren? Where do you, where, where, where do I belief? stand on aliens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just did God create some other, some other worlds? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know if the Bible talks about that. Um, it's not the Nephilim. Um, I'll talk about that when I preach on the flood. Um, can't it's, wait. Not, it's not that. <laughs> Darren, Darren brings up the flood every week. This must be some sermon it's, coming. I'm <laughs> taking a bath every day too. I'm, I'm just trying to get viewers. That, no, no, no. Um, so I like it. Yeah, I've, I've kind of thought like, yeah, if aliens are out there, what would that do to to Christianity? What would that do to our faith? I have a theory that um, we'd be fine if if we do discover aliens. That our, our Bible was constructed in a way that that would be able to deal with that. But again, I, I don't know how. Um, there is something that I, I want to, if listeners, if you're interested in hearing a Christian scientist, there's a podcast out there called Science and God with Dr. G. And I started listening to it, and it's really interesting. He actually has a podcast where he talks about how aliens would not destroy his faith. So I'll let a scientist uh, talk more about that. I don't want to talk too much about that. But there, there's some good podcasts out there that are um, that have scientists and, and a lot of better ideas about science than me. Next week, when we uh, come together for week three, we're going to talk about the day of rest. That's right. Gonna, that's, that's what's coming for your sermon next week, right? It is, yeah. I think it, it, the image of God sets it up, right? So mm-hmm. God's saying, hey, I'm creating you uniquely, right? And I'm creating you with purpose. And we talked about this on Sunday, and we, we can di- we'll dive into this a- another time. But, you know, we think about God created mankind in his image with unique characteristics. And, and really, it plays out in a number of ways, right? It comes out that the God's given us the ability to think and reason and love and, and pursue justice. And we can have a relationship with God. We can have a relationship with other people. Um, it, it gives us the ability to have a relationship with creation and govern. D- Darren, I think... Yeah, yeah. So traditional the, thoughts on that. Yeah, there's four ways that traditionally the image of God has, has been thought about, and and Drew mentioned them all four of them in um, in 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 a sermon. And there's one that we, we have rationality. We have God gave us brains so that we can think, and that's different than the animals. A second is that we have the ability to relate to each other in a unique way, create communities, and also relate to God and communicate with Him. That's the second way. The third way uses specific Bible language where it talks about we have dominion. We're supposed to rule the world and, um, and, and control our little corners and create gardens, create cities and communities. A fourth way, and, and it's my favorite, it goes back to what I talked about with the image of a different God in a temple that we're supposed to represent and reflect God to this world, that since we are the image of God, we look at Genesis 1 and 2 and we see that God created his temple. His creation is his temple, and then he creates a little place inside that temple, and then he puts an image of himself inside that temple, and then that's Adam and Eve. He, he puts humans in there, and they're supposed to uh, continue his creative work. They're supposed to cultivate the garden. They're supposed to have babies. They're supposed to create communities and, and cities, and and that's the, the third and fourth are really what I like to, to think about more than the first two. Like, of course, Humans can rationalize and think, and we can relate to each other in a unique way. Um, but but I don't see that as much in the Bible text. I see more of filling the earth, populating the earth. God gives us that blessing, and we're supposed to reflect God to this world and create many gardens of Eden wherever we go. Right. And then in day seven, which we're going to talk about next right. week, so not too much foreshadowing, but God closes the pattern. He closes the loop. And on day seven, it's so much bigger than, oh, just God rested. Because God is showing us something about us made in his image as the crown jewel of creation. 
that we have to grasp if we're going to be able to live out God's pattern and, and purpose and plan for our life. So day seven, God's been given purpose to what he creates. Day seven is just as important to understand. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about the seven days as a whole and how we should look at that. So it's going to be, next week's going to be really fun. It'll be really fun. Well, let's close out with how it ends um, after the sixth day when, and again, this is not interpretation in my Bible where it says God looked over all that he had made and it was excellent in every way. So why, Darren, does God feel like in the Bible he needs to say, this is good. This, you know what? Look what I, I did this, and it's good. You know, <laughs> and they say, very good. Very, yeah, yeah, very good. So this is going to have uh, the the theme that this word "good" in the Hebrew, it's "tov." It, what what this is bringing up is that again, God is one who's going to define what's good and what's bad or what is evil. And the dueling Hebrew words are "tov," which is good, and "ra," which is bad or evil. And we're going to see that later on, humans stop trusting in God to define good. Up until this point, God says good, good, good. Humans, very good. Tov meod, very good. Um, Because it is the crown jewel. And so this goodness is God's life-giving result of what he does. God's all about life. God's all about blessing. He's all about goodness and peace and harmony and every other synonym that you could think of. That is what this God is all about. And I think there's an implication here for us, too, is that God is the one who defines what's good. Yeah. And God is the one who defines what's, what's bad. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity talks about how we have this, uh, this um, unwritten law on our hearts, right? We are all born with it. It isn't a construct of community, right? And uh, scientific naturalism may say, well, we believe in good and bad because of, you know, community over time that develops. I think God in Genesis 1 is saying that I make things good. And so I'm the one who defines what's good and bad. Each of us, wherever you come from in a worldview perspective, we all live within that, that reality because in our minds, there are certain things that are good and there are certain things that are bad, right? And, um, and, and when you think about humanity, right, you think about how we treat one another, it, it, it even changes more, right? We want to protect animals. We want to protect the world. But wow, when it comes to people, like there's a whole other level because God has made people in his image. And so I think God looks out over his creation and says, this is very good. What I made is very good. And I'm the one who defines what's good and bad. And that has implications as we go, as Darren mentioned, into Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 and Genesis 4. All right. Next week, we, uh, we get into uh, the story of day seven, rest. And then are we going to have time to then get a little bit more into the second chapter with Adam and Eve and all have where we kept where where is that where do we start going in terms of that we'll begin to play that out just a little bit okay all right things to look forward to. things to look forward to for sure all right pastor darren good we'll see you next week yeah thanks all right thanks mike oh this was this was this was fun and god would say this was good this was (laughs) (laughs) very good (laughs) this was awesome all right right. i'm mike gage thanks very much for listening to this edition of more to the story You have been listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. 
Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.